And so, with the cup held high, me the leave Croke Park, All-Ireland football champions for 1949. Oh, beautiful me, you've got all that I need. Dimpsey hits Davin Fay. Anthony Finnerty comes in and gives him a touch of the elbow. Colm Kyle hitting Finnerty. This is Colm's first punch. Finity delayed reaction, looks around, sees Martin O'Connell coming in and thinks that the best action is to go down. What a set of matches we've had. Four terrific and memorable games. Final score meets 2-10. Dublin, 15. So Joe McDonough, GA president, presents Sam McGuire to Graham Geraghty and meet of the football champions. Hello listeners and welcome to the Builder We Are Me podcast. It's Mickey Brennan here and as always I'm joined by my partner in crime, the one and only Davey Rispin. And uh, Davey, it was county final weekend. A great way, um, I suppose, to finish off the club year, having a, a, a kind of a festival weekend. You had the intermediate final, obviously, on Saturday and then we had the senior and junior final uh, making up the Sunday's offerings. And, um, you know, it, what a weekend of football. It was an incredible weekend of football. Absolutely brilliant weekend of football from start to finish. Um, and I'd probably include the, the relegation game between Dunchoklin and Nobber in that because that started it all off on Saturday. Really, really good game of football. But then the finals, like the, the intermediate final Saturday evening was absolute quality. Um, I suppose I was a little bit disappointed when I woke up this morning and looked out the window and you know the weather and the day that was in it. And to be honest with you, it, it did kind of spoil the junior final to an extent and all the indicators were that it would do the exact same with the senior, but the two teams, Rototh and, and Gail Colin Kill, served up an absolute classic in, in really, really difficult conditions. I can't tell you how bad they were. Like the, the rain never stopped from start to finish. If you look out now, it's still at it, but it was, it was teaming down, but full credit to both sets of players' management um, for the spectacle to give everybody both in Park Talton and I'm sure watching on TG Carter, it was absolutely brilliant. Yeah, the quality of football on show uh, for the conditions was exceptional. It really, really was. And two teams that went hammer and tongue at it. And we'll come back to that in a couple of minutes. Um, uh, but I suppose what we'll do is we'll, we'll go through a couple of results from uh, the ladies. We were going to do the minor hurling results, but they're not updated online at the moment. So what we'll do is next weekend is a hurling weekend. We have the senior hurling final and whatever. So we will. Um, and the minor hurling final as well as the, the preluder to that one. So we'll give all the results from the, from the hurling next week. There was a couple of minor finals this weekend, I believe. Um, but in ladies' football results in a Leinster competition, the girls from Clonmagale were playing in the Leinster inter, or junior quarter final, and they lost to St John's a Ballantyre in a scoreline of 211 to 47, so 19 points to 17. And Davy Rispin, the Clonmagale girls never gave up in that game. At one stage, they were trailing by 11 points uh, with 46 minutes on the clock. But they narrowed the gap to two points. Some late drama in that game. And uh, they, they just came up short in the end. But um, credit to them. you know. And even at halftime, they were trailing by two, six to seven points. Trailing by five points. So um, a real good run by the girls, but just coming up short against St. John's of Antier. Yeah, probably just gave themselves a little bit too much to do. Um, but I think you were saying it just off air, Mickey. I think Ballantyre got, was it 2-1? So they only got three scores in the second half or second something. Half. But obviously the two goals were key in just getting them over the line in the end. However, 
Um, brilliant run for Clan Gael, I suppose. Winning the championship was always number one, but when you go into Leinster, you do want to put your best foot forward and give it a real good go. And they're a superb team. You know, I expect them to kick on uh, next year and um, going up a grade as well. And um, there's no reason why. I mean, they're the Clan Gael club in general, probably between lads and, and girls, is in a particularly good place at the minute. So plenty of young players coming through in both sets of um, genders and codes and all sorts. So, yeah, congratulations on a great year. I don't think that game will dilute it in any way, shape or form. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, as you said, it just came up short. Uh, you know, with, on 46 minutes, it was a penalty. You know, so one of the three scores that Ballantyre got in that second half was a penalty. And uh, that was what put 11 points between the teams. But Don Miguel finishing strong, just coming up short. And in the Leinster Intermediate uh, Club semi-final, it was Royal Gales taking on old line of Carlo. And they came up short as well. It was 1-8 to 4-6, so 18 points to 11 in that one, a convincing win for the Carroll side. Yeah, uh, just a bridge too far for, I think, uh, Royal Gilston, Shocklin, unfortunately. I, I, their team, I actually kind of fancied to have a bit of a run at the uh, at the Leinster purely because of how strong and how, I suppose, comprehensive they won the Mead Championship by Mickey. You know, to me, they're a senior club in Mead, but for whatever yeah. reason, they haven't been able to maintain their status at senior for the last number of years now. I would expect them to push on next year and hopefully make a better fist of it. But a uh, little bit disappointed, probably the nature of the, the result. But again, the goals were, were a hammer blow, to be honest, which I think the, what, what was the score? Four, six, so it was 10 scores Four, to six, nine, yeah. really. Do you know when you yeah. look at it? So obviously the goals and particularly probably that was, that was yesterday. You know, I, won't, I, I can't really blame the weather because I think yesterday was a splendid day. So, but, but look, it's, it's, it's a bonus territory for, clubs when they go into it I know they will probably be disappointed and they will have wanted to maybe go on and win a championship in Leinster but you know their their main goal was to win intermediate mead they did that well they're going to be a senior club in mead next year and uh, I would I would think that they should push on yeah absolutely and uh, hard luck to both uh, mead ladies teams that were representing us in Leinster this week or in the last week Clonagh Gale and Royal Gales just coming up short in both of them. You get, probably our listeners are probably realising now at this stage, we're kind, of, we're kind of running through it because, you know, we've a lot to get through, Davey Rispin, because I, as you were saying to me off air, we could probably do a show on Instagram Interactive alone, but we're not. We're going to get to it in a few minutes, but we're going to move on now to the results from the county finals on the weekend. So the first one, the Chalton Terror Junior Championship final, uh, played on Sunday morning in Park Tolchin. In poor weather, it has to be said, and it was Beliver who came out on top, and it was 10 points to St. Vincent's 5, and, you know, a really low-scoring game. And I said to you, Davy, last week that, you know, it could end up being a quite a low-scoring game because St. Vincent's would go out to probably try and stop Beliver in this game. We both predicted a Beliver win, though, because the quality of forwards they have. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I said when I got up this morning that when I looked out and seen the day being shite, I said to myself, oh, feck's sake, it's going to ruin all the games. I would say <laughs> when the Vincents got up this morning and they looked out, they started dancing in the rain. <laughs> no, Lucas, t- to me, the day suited Vincents. And to be honest with you, for 40 minutes of the game, it was actually going to script. I think it was about 6-4 to Beliver. Really low scoring, a lot of handling errors, lot of bodies back. It was difficult to watch at times. It was a real grind. Um, but Beliver's quality, to be honest with you, Mickey, shone through in the end. And I would, uh, I would say right from fullback, David Rahley, Paddy Keneally, and then the forwards, who actually weren't at their brilliant best, naturally with the day being the way it was, um, did enough to pull them through. 
if it was a dry day, they could have won by 10, 12 points. I have no doubt about it. Beliver were by far the better team. They've been the best team in the championship this year. Um, St. Vincent's, you know, they, they had a good run this year. The Dunsany game, probably looking back on it, you know, was um, was a little bit of a smash and grab, you know. But they took their chance and they took their opportunity. Some things just didn't come off for them on the day in the final. And they were still in the game with five minutes to go. Like, there was only four points in it, you know, two scores. But it was always hard to see them getting the goal. And Beliver, to their credit, showed a side to the game, which we didn't probably always associate with them, this, you know, rolling their sleeves up and getting their hands dirty in that and grinding it out. They did that really well and uh, full value for their win. Yeah, absolutely. And you caught up with um, Nicky Potter, uh, Keith Kyogen, John Rafferty and James McNally after that game. And you'll be able to get those interviews on our Loyal Royals podcast over on Patreon forward slash We Are Mead. And we want to thank everybody who supports us on our uh, Patreon Loyal Royals podcast because it gives us the opportunity to get the equipment and get the things that we need so we can bring these podcasts to you. And, uh, and even Davey Rispin gets out to do some, inter- some, um, some commentaries on some of the games that are not being covered. So it gives us uh, the opportunity to do all that. So thanks again to all the listeners who subscribe to our Loyal Royals podcast. It's Patreon forward slash We Are Me. Then you'll get all those interviews that I'm after mentioning from that junior final. Um, again, Davey, you know, probably one of the things that I saw on Twitter from Beliver after it was, it was a really good uh, tweet. It was uh, level completed, um, you know, um, and, 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 and them holding the cup. Beliver probably have been operating at junior for too long for a club of that size and with the quality of footballers that they have. They haven't, they haven't. They only came down, I think, in probably 2016, maybe, was it? Um, and, like, up to that, there were a very seasoned intermediate side. But you've actually said something that someone else said to me today in Nav, and Tommy Nally actually was talking to one of the main stewards in Nav, and great lad is Tommy. He was saying, Beliver have this um, idea or belief that they're better than intermediate and, and that's not that's not a slight in the intermediate grade around, but they actually believe that they're an intermediate club that they shouldn't be playing at junior football and it probably it probably came true in their performance they played with a bit of a swagger you know to, to say nearly we are we are too good for this grade to be honest and I think they have been too good for the grade for probably a year or two now um, but they just haven't turned up in the big days they have this year you know the Blues and Ultons away in the semi-final and, and you'd have to say on a day like today a 10 points to 5 win is pretty comprehensive for a final against St. Vincent's. Um, and uh, they'll go up into intermediate, Mickey, and I have absolutely no fear for them. I think they're every bit as good as Clannagale were last year. And look at what Clannagale did this year in intermediate. So there's no reason why Beliver can't push on and challenge an intermediate. And that has to be the aim, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, well done to Beliver and uh, St. Vincent's. They will go again. There's no doubt about that. They'll be back next year to torment some teams in the junior championship in the junior championship that's for sure um uh, but credit to them they're absolutely brilliant um you know and they keep coming back what a team um fair play to st vincent's and hard luck but well done to beliver on reaching the intermediate grade and winning that junior championship we're gonna move on now davy to the meat potato company intermediate championship final played on saturday uh, evening in park tolchin and it was banned at bracky Came away with the win here in this one. 16 points to Trim's one goal and 12. And Trim, always the bridesmaid and never the bride. It just, you know, it, it's, 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 it's tough. It's tough for them. Yeah, but I'll, 
to, to liken it to the bridesmaid thing. Last year, they showed up at the church, right? But they got stage right. <laughs> and they, they got in the door and they ran out the door just as quick. They didn't show up, let's be honest about it. This yeah. year, they were actually at the altar. And, you know, the deed was nearly done. And Somebody just at the last it. minute. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you had stood up and I object or whatever. No, look, it, uh, it, it, was, um, it was a quality contest. I, I, said it, I said it last week. I said it throughout the week with people I was talking to. This was the game I was really looking forward to. I just thought this game could be anything because they're two absolutely brilliant sides. Very rarely in intermediate championship football do you even see in a final teams being as evenly matched as these two were. You know, both maintaining unbeaten records throughout the year and uh, both operating in high divisions like Balnebrecki are division one side now and, and it's their first time ever going to play senior football next year and it's a huge, huge achievement for them. But that doesn't go anywhere close to telling the whole story of this game. I mean, it, it was so close throughout, you know, it was, it was ebbing and flowing, different sides were pulling the strings and up until half time, it, they were going to go in level and Trim got a goal and a point in injury time in that first half, a brilliantly taken goal by Mark Malloy, put them four points up. And, um, you know, Balnebracki, to their credit, they never wilted. They had a big huddle for about 10 or 15 minutes of the halftime interval. They got the instructions. They kept the belief. You know, they stuck to the process. They came out. They started chipping away at the points. Then they lost Michael Carney to a black card midway through the second half. And at that stage, you thought Trim were just going to pull on with the extra man. But Balnebracki just stuck in. They stayed on Trim's coattails. Uh, they got back to full complement, got back level, courtesy of an excellent point by Juicy O'Connor. And then Danny Quinn steps up and, and kicks the winning score. But even after that, the drama that ensued. So Trim, deep into injury time, three or four minutes into injury time, last play of the game, really, um, got in. It was, it was uh, Kevin Nally, the wing-back, wearing number seven, burst through the defence. He's in for a goal. But uh, and look, we've talked about this off-air, Mickey. You know, personally, I would have fisted the ball over and taken the game to extra time. But I can understand why you no. went for it because no, yeah, well, that, no that'd be no. you. But, <laughs> but, but look, at that, that's, that's the gamble he took. And like, had he scored the goal, we'd have all been applauding him now for, for doing it. But anyway, it was a brilliant stop on the line. The ball ricocheted out and Aaron Lynch caught it at an acute angle. So the boys put him onto his left foot because it says, obviously, we're not putting him onto his right. So he swings back on his left, hits the ball with the outside of the left boot, clips off the upright, lands into the Balnebracki defender's hands, who then spills the ball, and Trim pulling the loose ball, and Dean Pluck makes an absolutely astonishing save. So there was three genuine scoring chances, and then Danny Quinn boots the ball about 60 yards down the field, and the referee blows the whistle, and the Trim lads just dropped, and, you know, crestfallen. The Balnebracki lads were absolutely irate. Like, it was just... It was just the most remarkable end to a game since... Or for the for for twenty four hours we should say <laughs> <laughs> for twenty four hours the last twenty four hours because there was bigger and uh, bigger upsets or, or or more drama I suppose to to follow uh, the intermediate final but um, look it's credit to Balnebracky what a year they're after having minor success a, a, a Premier Reserve success and now their main team their senior team. Uh, who are now our senior team winning the intermediate championship? It's just dreamland over there in Ballinabracky. And uh, when they get home on Wednesday, and um, there'll be a great celebration down in uh, in that part of of Mead. Um, but it's it's such a it's such a long distance and a, and a travel home. They'll probably get flights home, I'd say, from Park Tolchin. But um, look, there's, they'll, they'll there's actually there's an interesting comment for you from Gordon McDonald's interview at the end of Gordon McDonald's interview. We'll hear it on Patreon later on in the week. But uh, 
just especially for you, Mickey Brennan, he, he actually went to the trouble of saying it. So don't miss that one, people. <laughs> yeah, and uh, again, uh, Davey caught up with Cody McDonald. He caught up with uh, Michael Carney and he caught up with Nicky Judge's knees after the game for an interview with both knees. Uh, Michael Carney and Gordy McDonald. So um, head on over to Patreon, as we said, our Loyal Loyals podcast over there. And again, I want to thank all the people who subscribe to our um, uh, Patreon podcast, our Loyal Loyals podcast. Uh, in relegation from Intermediate, from the Meat Potato Company Intermediate Championship, it was St. Pat's taking on Castletown in this one, Davy, And we both had predicted a Castletown win in this one. But St. Pat's, they got the scores from summer that we were saying they were missing all year. And they scored 2-11 to Castletown's one goal and nine. And Castletown will be playing their trade at junior football next year, which is just unbelievable when you consider they very easily could have been in an intermediate final last year. Yeah, it's, it's hard to comprehend what's happened in the last 12 months there. And, uh, you know, I suppose the first signs of it was the first round of the championship this year when they played Blackhall Gales. And Blackhall Gales did a real job with them. I think they bet them by nine or ten points on the day. Um, and maybe that was a false... Like, sorry, Blackhall Gales are a decent side, but maybe we were thinking to ourselves, Jesus, Blackhall Gales are like these going to be untouchable this year. Whereas we didn't actually probably read enough into how poor Castletown maybe were from that. Well, we um, couldn't, and that was understandable because we couldn't, because, you know, there was nothing to gauge Castletown on only last year's uh, performances throughout the Championship and League and whatever. So we, we would have considered Castletown to be still at that level uh, coming into the Championship. And as you said... Maybe maybe we got it completely wrong about them and going by what happened on the weekend, we did. Uh, I mean, they may well have overachieved last year and I suppose it's easy for us to say this now, but like they won a Division 3 league uh, title. They got to a senior, or sorry, an intermediate semi-final only beaten by Nobber after extra time and, and it was always going to be hard to live up to those expectations, I suppose, this year because we expected them to be fully within probably the last four of the championship again. Um, but anyway, I took a, I was I had a chat with a St. Pat's man actually during the week. Uh, won't name him, but they decided to change their manager after the Moyle game, um, which was the last round of the the groups this year, you know. And they decided mm-hmm. to make that radical decision to to change the manager at that stage before the relegation. Uh, Niall Russell came in. He's a he's a brilliant club man, obviously in St. Pat's, and uh, he said by all accounts they were fierce and lucky to lose against Ballinlock, which I think they were. Um, but obviously, they took enough from that. They worked on their, their couple of things that they needed to work on the last couple of weeks. And they dug out a performance like we've seen St. Pat's do countless times in senior football. And it's more of a relief for them. Like, the problem with Castletown is they've led in so many games this year. They led in the Pats game by four points at one stage in the second half. I think three or four points in the second water break. And they've done that in all the games early they've played. But they just haven't been able to see out the job. Now, I'm not sure is that fitness is a mental issue, what it is. But it needs to be sorted. It's just been an absolute disaster. And to see them coming down into junior football um, from a quarter perspective isn't, isn't great. Uh, yeah. But from, from, I suppose, a neutral as well, that's not where you want to see Castletown playing their trade either. Absolutely. But a word for St. Pat's because it was a very turbulent year for them. And, uh, you know, as you said, they've always got that one big performance in them. We said, about them, said that about them last year and we didn't think they'd get relegated. And then, you know, they've saved their best to last when they really needed it this year in that intermediate championship. And they will 
it gives them a chance maybe to get the belief going again and, and start the rebuilding process early and, and, and give that intermediate championship a rattle next year. I think this has to be the, the, the low point now, right? They, can't, they cannot go back and fall back into this kind of the same crack this time next year and start be betting games and putting the head down and say, oh, should we find a performance somewhere? Like that's, they're, they're such a big club and intermediate. They need to be pushing on and challenging. And like whether it's Niall Russell, not going to put words in people's mouth, but like two of the, the guys that were over St. Vincent's, you know, Ronan Kurds and Dahi White, they're St. Pat's club men. Like they're two absolutely brilliant operators. St. Vincent's won't like me saying that, but surely if you're St. Pat's, you have to go balls out for your two club men and get them in and get them managing them because surely to God, it's a perfect platform for them guys to come in and, and try and work on something. That's just my opinion. I don't know if that's realistic with anything, but something needs to change in St. Pat's and, and, and you know, quickly, I think. Yeah, well done to St. Pat's though on uh, retaining their uh, intermediate status for 2021. Are you ready to start a construction project? Here is five reasons why you should choose Buildor. You come first. Your goal is our goal. You'll benefit from our years of experience. You'll have a one-stop shop at your doorstep. Your project will be on time and on budget. Call us today on 046 9011 or email us at info at Builder, your local go-to construction company. Moving on to the main event now, Davy Rispin. Um, the Fairy Hill Steel Meads Senior Championship. Pels and Rathoth, a novel pairing in the final. Last year's semi-final pairing as well, and Rathoth got over Kells in the semi-final last year. We both predicted a Kells win in this senior championship final. And Davy, with moments left on the clock, you would have said... Mickey and Davy are after getting it right. But a, a hopeful ball into the square because Rathout had to go for goal at this stage. They were after getting it down to a two-point game and another point was not going to be worth it because I think the referee would have blown the whistle up on uh, had the ball and gone over the bar. Big high ball into the square. In comes full-back Conor McGill. Goes up in amongst a crowd of players manages to get a little flick on it to send it back into the uh, to the back of the, the, the small parallelogram. Who's there? Only Joey Wallace to get the palms on it. He flicks it into the corner of the net. It ends up Rathout 1-14, Kells 1-13. Picked out to the middle of the field. Kells lose the ball. They have the ball. They lose the ball. Referee blows the final whistle and it's all over. And heartbreak for Kells. But Rathout retain the senior championship to Keegan Cup. For uh, for twenty twenty, yeah, I, I, you you probably nailed the, the the trilling finale there and described it as good as as possibly could. Um, but that doesn't even go close to telling the whole yeah. story in this game, you know. And uh, it was an absolute quality contest from start to finish. You know, two absolutely sensational sides going toe to toe. In, as I said previously, really difficult conditions, but the, you wouldn't have thought it looking at it. It was absolute quality. Um, the intensity of the game, the, I suppose the hits, the, the scores we've seen, um, the rivalry, I suppose, that's, that's going it, to... It was probably formed last year, the year before, but it's just going to carry on now because I fully expect these two sides to, you know, still be two of the main protagonists, you know, in the coming years. But, like, there was a couple of other massive moments in it and, 
it, it all probably came towards the latter stages because at that stage, at the water break, the second water break, they were level pegging. Um, and with 15 minutes to go, you'd probably have fancied were told because they seemed to have their tails up and they were kicking the scores. They had a bit of a breeze behind them as well, blowing, blowing into the town end. But then Emma Boyle gets sent off um, for that reckless challenge on Colonel Courtney. And uh, Kells, obviously, with the numerical advantage, uh, got level with, with a score. And then the penalty came. And uh, it, was, it was a real defensive lapse from the cornerback. And then Shane Duffy ended up fouling uh, the Kells player. Bino Hanlon stepped up in the 31st minute, minute into injury time. Like. And uh, there, was, there was, again, similar. There was people talking in the stand, oh, chip it over. But like, Bino was never <laughs> going to chip the ball over the bar, you know. I, um, I, was watching, I was watching it and I was like, oh, what does he do here? Yeah. Did he go? And then I looked at the clock and I went, 31 minutes, you have to go for the goal because there's still five minutes left um, and, and a goal will be huge here. It wasn't mm. big enough though, but it's, what a penalty. What cool calm and collected. Fantastic penalty, and unfortunately, he picked up an injury uh, just after that, and he had to be withdrawn. But at that stage, it is said the game was up. Uh, Ratoke got a free through Brian McMahon, you'll have to remember as well, which he tapped over. And then, obviously, the last uh, bit of play it, it came from Coup de Tormey booting the ball over the sideline. Now, I was on the stand, and I had a great view of that. He didn't mean to kick the ball straight into the stand. And it might have looked that way from maybe where the, the terrace was positioning with the camera and stuff. He actually was off balance. He was trying to boot the ball down the field, but he was off balance and skewed it into the stand. And people were saying, why did he, why did he boot the ball? He didn't do it intentionally. You know, there's no doubt no. about it. He, he, tried to soccer, he tried to soccer style, curl the ball up the line. I thought he should have went down on the ball and looked for a free myself. He, yeah, but look, look, he should have. Again, yeah. hindsight is unbelievable. So it's 2020 vision. But yeah, you continue anyway. They get the sideline. They get the sideline and they played the short one. And then the ball in probably wasn't perfect, but it, it was long and it was high. And it, it, the wind carried it maybe just to maybe the edge or the near, up, near hand upright maybe at the post. And as you say, Mickey, Connor McGill came steaming in, flicked it on. And of course, the man who all the talk has been about Prior to the final, Joey Wallace was there to apply the most delicate of finishes and an absolutely brilliant and opportunist knee slide to follow. Stevie G would have been proud of that in his heyday. It was quality. But, you know, like that, that's champions for you. And, you know, you've been there at certain times as well when you're probably, you're the reigning and defending champions. And you just have it, you know, and when you have it, you have it. And maybe 12 months ago, they wouldn't have had it in their, in their armour, I suppose, to, to go to the well like that. But they had the belief and the character and the spirit to do it this year. And it just came true. My God, like, personally, you know, I, I, and you're the same, Mickey. Like, we, we feel extremely sorry for Kells because, to me, they were the better side on the day. They played absolutely superbly. They showed up. Their tactics were spot on. They got the substitutes yeah. right more often than not. It, they couldn't have done anything more, to be honest with you. It just exactly. was one of those. Exactly what we said last week when we were previewing the game. You know, Kells need to be in it come the final water break and they need to be close. And then they can set, set up that, that finale that they like to do and push on. You know, they like to finish strong. They finish strong. They get the, goal, they get the point to draw level. Then they get the goal from the penalty. They're three points up. And at this stage, you're thinking... Kells will see this out. And it is an absolutely horrible way to lose a game. It really is, because as you said, probably the better team over the 70 minutes or whatever it was that was played. Um, and it was one of those speculative balls into a square where you're just hoping it's a 
and you're just hoping that one of your own players get a touch on it, and one, and, and and that's what happened. Conor McGill gets the touch on it, and then Joey Wallace just happened to be in the right place. So you know, it it, it, it was a series of unfortunate events for Kells. But it was, you know, as you said, what champions do. They get into the positions that you need to be in to, uh, to, to, to get the ball into the net. And, and it was, it's just heartbreaking for Kells because, as you said, they played their little heart out. Yeah, and it was their first final, you know. And after all that semi-final heartache, the, 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 the carnival atmosphere surrounding the town, the, the noise, the passion, the colour they brought into Park Talton and further place, it was great to even watch their social media in the last week or two, Mickey, you know, the messages coming in from left, right and centre from people abroad and wishing them luck and the videos and the, you know, the, the, the stories of years gone by. It, it was just brilliant and they've contributed hugely to, to Mead football. Brian Farrell, we'll hear him obviously in our Patreon service as well. He said they're the best team in Mead over the last four or five years and you couldn't really argue with them because of how consistent they've been. Um, and I just well, think... Well, but- Throughout all competitions, sorry, Davy, not yeah, just yeah, the yeah. championship. You know, when you look at it, they have league titles, they have two Flesh Cups in the last five years as well. They've been to the most finals in knockout competitions, bar the championship. Uh, they've been to the most semi finals now at this stage. And, you know, the, it's just, you know, you would have, you would have, as, as, as Brian Farrell said, you know, like they have been the best team and probably the most entertaining as well. Yeah, I like again, like the passion and I suppose the crack of them as well. You know, they're they're really very unique in that because sometimes maybe senior teams are nearly like a professional setup, you know, in an amateur sport. But Kells, you always get that bit of crack with them as well. And uh, look, at the, they'll take this will take a little bit of getting over. Let's let's be honest about it. Um, but when the dust settles and and they reflect on it, they'll they'll realize what a special group it is. And I know we say it year in year out, but like. Don't don't write them off. They, they'll be back next year. They'll be back, you know, gun ho. They'll probably have got the taste for the final now. They'll want to first and foremost get back into a final. Um and, and the experience of it as well. Like you have to remember Rototha, the champions, they were in the final last year. They played in front of a of a of a partisan crowd. It was all a bit new for Kells, you know. Although mm. they were in an intermediate final in 2013, a lot of them guys weren't around then. So um I, I just would hope that they that they probably take stock and they you know, realise how much joy they've probably given the people of Kells and, and indeed the neutrals across Mead over the last few years and that, um, and, and that there's still something left in them. But you have to give credit to Ratoth as well. It was just, it was just the stuff of champions and it's probably easy to, to say how great Kells are and all that, but we still have to applaud them for, for retaining the Keegan Cup because you know yourself, Mickey, it's, it's no Mead feat. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, one of the things, again, going back to social media, uh, the, the whole of North Mead nearly came together for Kells, and what uh, like I, I saw a few of their um, the signs that the clubs put up, like in Oldcastle in particular, had one up, and they were like, "Do it for the North Mead lads," you know, like so. Everybody up around North Mead is is family when it comes to a championship final day. They'll knock lumps out of each other on the pitch when they're playing against each other, but if one of them gets to a final, they always back each other, which was absolutely brilliant to see. Um, as well, and what was, those? Was, sorry, it was the first North Mead team in a final since 2000. I think Kilmaine and Wood was it in 2000, and there hasn't yes. been a North Mead team in the senior final of Mead since. So that's probably where that's coming from, I suppose. 
Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it's given us a lot of food for thought for our Proactive Risk Control Team of the Week, our Proactive Risk Control Player of the Week, and of course, our Proactive Risk Control Top Scorer, which is easier to pick because you just have to look at the scorers. Whereas with the team, we are waiting for you guys out there in social media land to get in contact with us with your uh, players for um, uh, our Team of the Week and, of course, nominate your Player of the Week as well. And we do hope you get them into us as soon as possible. We'll be doing that Team of the Week and Player of the Week in the next couple of days. So, um, yeah, and again, we want to thank uh, Stevie Baxter from Proactive Risk Control for sponsoring our uh, Player of the Week and our Top Scorer of the Week as well. And uh, don't forget, if you're going to be using Builder or if you're going to be using Proactive Risk Control, let them know that you heard about them through our podcasts. Are you ready to start a construction project? Here is five reasons why you should choose Buildor. You come first. Your goal is our goal. You'll benefit from our years of experience. You will have a one-stop shop at your doorstep. Your project will be on time and on budget. Call us today on 046 90 or email us at info at Builder, your local go-to construction company. Clearly, I'm out of breath now, um, and I suppose the podcast is only starting now because you've had so much interaction on um, on Instagram that I'm going to take a seat here, and I might even put on the kettle because this is going to be exciting stuff. This is going to be, oh man. Um, okay, let's 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 go. Do you have an hour? Two hours, yeah. Maybe. Let's <laughs> we'll do this. Let's do this. Um, Fionn Smith, first up, he says, Kel's being robbed. Yeah, I, I, I don't know what they mean by that, Kel's being robbed. I, I suppose, look, a snatch and grab by Ratote with that goal in the closing stages. But were they robbed? Does he mean that they were robbed by a refereeing decision or something? Because I've looked back at the goal countless times, and it's not a square ball or it's not a foul or anything like that. So. I'd say robbed in the fact that, you know, they were so close to winning it and just uh, snatch and grab a 50-50 ball into the square and it goes into the net. And that's the heartbreak thing. And that's probably where they were robbed. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Sean Bannon, one of the heroes for Balderbracki yesterday, you know, wing back, what a player. Um, he says the Bracks love silverware and it's hard to argue with that <laughs> with the treble on the mantelpiece. Yeah, they're going to have to build a new uh, trophy room down in Ballinabracky. I'd say it's a long time since they've had that much silverware down there. <laughs> yeah, and Sean Fitz has followed that up by saying Brack's team of the year, and probably just to take that on a little bit, surely they are strong contenders for club of the year. Maybe if we're told, obviously, win the hurling next week, they could have something to say about that. But I think Brack's are definitely in the ascendancy now. Yeah, they definitely are. And if we're told we're to win the hurling and win the minor hurling next weekend, that'll put them in a... In, uh, in good old fettle as well. They've won a Premier uh, Reserve as well, I think, this year, did they? They did, yeah. They won the Premier Championship and, and obviously the Minor Division 3 as well. So they've won everything they've, they've entered themselves into. They'll probably turn around and say, well, sure, we don't have Hurland, so <laughs> we've won everything we've entered. <laughs> you know that kind of way? Yeah, two, exactly. two brilliant clubs, though. Yeah. Um, Owen Murphy says Kel should have won. Yeah, and look, I was, I, I was sitting there and I was like going... You know, I am the, uh, the, the guru when it comes to predictions. I've said it since the start of the year. Davey's sick of me saying it. And I, I was sitting there with my partner, um, my girlfriend, and I was saying to her, you know, 
No, I, I said it. You know, I said it. Tells this championship was set up for the ball. I said, no, look at that. He's after, Bino's after slotting away the penalty. You, oh, you jinxed tell it. You. you jinxed it. Yeah, I said, and then, and then I saw Bino go off the field and I was like, why is he taking off Bino? If they need somebody to hold the ball up at the forward line, then he's injured or whatever. And I was like going, oh, Jesus Christ, if Rattot put a long ball in here, yeah, Tells were robbed and I was robbed of my best prediction of my life. <laughs> Ronan Thompson said, the Brax are senior, podcast finished. <laughs> no, no, we'll be doing trips down to Balnebracky next year, so we will to do uh, interviews with all the lads and get some commentaries maybe on some of their games because it's going to be an interesting one to see them playing in Division One football and playing in senior championship. Absolutely brilliant. Uh, the next one is from Deck F Dunn, and he said it has to be Balnebracky making history, and of course that is in reference to the them playing senior football for the first time ever in their history. So their first ever intermediate championship and uh, that has to be one of the major talking points. I'd agree with that if you do, Mick. Yeah, it really is. And look, it's an amazing story. It's an absolutely amazing story. Um, you know, and they've been full value. They've been entertaining. They, they just love their football. They love their club. That's one of the things that stands out, how much they love that club. And there's probably, there's probably a little bit of a chip on the shoulder because they're down there in that little corner, mm. that, you know, that they're right in there beside Kildare, Offaly, Westmead, you know, and they're stuck Narnia. in there. Narnia, you know, like they're, they're probably closer to America than they are to Park Tolchin as well. So, you know, there's probably that little chip on the shoulder and I'd say they're absolutely loving it and rightly so. Yeah, and I think they're very passionate Mead men and they're probably as passionate as you or me and maybe people maybe question their meanness a little bit too. And, and that's often probably a, a, a form of the chip of the shoulder. But yeah, no, what a, what a club and, and how well they've done. It's, Peter it's Duffy. That, just right? before you want, it's funny that you mentioned that, you know, like they're as, as mead as us. They're probably more mead than you and me. Because when you live on a border, um, like I just see it up there, you know, between Nobber and Kingscourt and, uh, you know, even we'd say Mount Nugent and Old Castle and all those teams, like they have like an opposing county next door. And, and, and even up when you go up to North Cavan, up near Monaghan or whatever, yeah. you know, they're, they're more Cavan than normal Cavan people. Same with me. And, and the thing about Balnebracky, being stuck between three counties, that must make them, they must have to, you know, like fly flags higher than anybody else to show how me they are. So, yeah, no, I, I, I totally get where you're going from. Peter Duffy, who I actually met in the shop yesterday, um, he was busy... Did you give him the boots? He, uh, no, actually. <laughs> um, <laughs> he was busy working. Working, I mean, he was uh, watching TikTok videos because he said he was that quiet. But anyway, I had a decent chat with him. But he's got in touch to say, should have let, let it be a draw just for the crack. I think that's a reference to the senior final. Yeah, look, I, I think if Kells had held on to the ball, the referee would have let them, um, you know, try and get that attack uh, and whatever. But once they lost the ball, he kind of had to blow the final whistle at that stage. And uh, unless, he, unless Peter Duffy is saying the referee should have said, oh, no, hang on a second, I'm taking a point off for a poke. and we're going to extra time. Yeah, you wouldn't know what Pete, you wouldn't know what he'd just be meaning with these. But anyway, uh, Keelan Rafferty says Vincent's got destroyed. Ah, maybe a little bit harsh. I don't think they got destroyed. Um, they, they were well beaten, and I think Beliver were the better side. But you couldn't say that ten points to five was uh, was was a hammering or a destroying by any means. Yeah, yeah. Look, I say from St Vincent's point of view, I'd say they're just disappointed to only get five on the board. 
Mm. I'd say, but going into that game, they would have been saying, lads, we have to try and keep alive or to 10 point or less. And we, yeah. you know, and that would have been that would have been their main goal to try and keep them to less than double digits or 10, 10 and or less. And the disappointing factor for them is that they weren't able to match that um, in their forward line. So yeah, no, not a hammering by any uh, stretch of the imagination, but a disappointing result for them. Yeah, uh, Keelan followed that up by saying John Rafferty and James McNally on top, and that is of course the joint managers in Beliver. What a job they've done! Two of the Two of, the, two of the most gentlemanly figures you could ever wish to meet. They're, they're absolutely brilliant. So much so that John uh, Rafferty got involved with uh, Niall Tallon actually on the pitch um, in a little bit of a scuffle during the junior final. But when all calmed down, he actually made his way onto the pitch to give Davy Tallon a fist pump as much to say, he at the moment, these things happen. Those two guys, I have to say, you know the way when you, you talk to managers, Mickey, and you kind of build up a little bit of a relationship and understanding with them I, I really enjoy talking to them too I just think they're absolutely brilliant they're so charismatic and they've done a, a truly remarkable job with Beliver in a short space of time and uh, I'm sure they'll be around for intermediate and we'll see plenty more of them and Beliver next year yeah absolutely and the, as you said Beliver do you know would have aspirations of being a, a high-end intermediate club so it'll be very interesting to watch them next year uh, playing their trade in intermediate championship Rory Chute, uh, Clannagale man, he says, how bad was the referee in the intermediate final? Um, uh, the Clannagale guys came out. Uh, they're back in. They? Yeah, the the internet weeks. must have been just fixed in the last <laughs> week or so. There's actually a few of them in this week as well, I've noticed. So it's probably taken two or three weeks, but uh, they must have come back out for the intermediate final. But look, I didn't, I didn't think the ref was particularly poor in, in, uh, in the intermediate final, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, I didn't think there was any major decisions that Trim or Balnebracki could have felt uh, really aggrieved by, to be honest. Maybe the usual kind of 50-50s or 60-40s, but nah, that's just me. No, right, yeah. Um, Tom O'Connor said, still enjoyed that game, sitting right in the middle of the Rideau crowd. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, How did he get in? Yeah, but that's, that's a good question as well. Um, maybe he bought a ticket on the, the black market up there and I thought... Uh, there'll be a few on sale up there, I'd say. But, um, you know, he's a, a Coraha Ashburn man stuck in the middle of a Rakote supporters club. You know, brave man. Brave, brave man is right. Probably uh, the only local there, though. <laughs> Kieran Ellis from Dunham Ashburn says, seven minutes added, seven minutes added was over. Ref robbed Kells. See, this is, I, I don't agree with this, right? So there was seven minutes added, rightfully yeah. so. But there was, there was at least two changes during that, which they say you should give 30 seconds for. And there was the penalty and there was a number of other stoppages. So there was closer to 10 minutes played in the end. It's not as if the whistle was blown straight after uh, Ratoke got the goal. There was still about 60 to 90 seconds played after that. So I don't think Kells were robbed in that sense, to be honest. It's funny because I spoke to uh, a couple of officials, a referee or a referee's assessor actually about this a couple of weeks ago while we were commentating on a game down in Cavan. And he's on the national board of, of assessors. And he actually said, um, no matter what happens in injury time, that it's at the referee's discretion. If he wants to add on time for the substitutions and the stoppages, he can. But if he says seven, at least seven minutes, he can stop it at seven minutes if he wants. So it's maybe a loophole or a little bit of a clarification is needed on that. Because I think that, you know, he is advised 
that, you know, if there are stoppages, you can add on time. If there are substitutions, you can add on time. If there's a free kick that's taken 30 or 40 seconds, you can add on time. I think they should be told, you must. And that would clarify that, so it would. Because you do see some referees just play the seven minutes and blow the whistle. Um, and then you have the other referees who look at the, all the stoppages and they add them on as well. Again, it's at the referee's discretion. The referee didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. Uh, the next one will be a bone of contention, but, you know, it's been sent in, so we'll call it out. I, I couldn't disagree with it more, and I'm sure you'll be the same, Mickey. But anyway, Jared Dillon says, Kells are the biggest bottlers of all time. They should nah, get it. They should, they should all get a job in the Coca-Cola factory. Like, this is... Where is he from? I, I, I don't know. Who was it that said it? Jared Dillon. Jared Dillon. Well, we'll just send that out to the Kells lab. Um, <laughs> um, look, look, Jared, again, that's probably just a, uh, a message that's out there to try and provoke a few people and whatever. Not bottlers, you know, definitely not. It's the first senior final since 1991. And, um, you know, a mix of youth and experience in their team. They haven't been to a senior final. It was an absolutely brilliant showing by them. Did they bottle it in the end? No. It was a 50-50 ball. Like, any team is going to put that 50-50 ball in, and they will have time to, because everybody is sitting back. No matter what final it is, if it's Dublin, Kerry, Galway, Donegal, Cavan, Mead, that ball is going to be put in on the square. You know, I'll give you an, I'll give you a, 50-50, what happens? Yeah, I was going to say, I'd give you an example of a bottle job. If Let's say, for example, Pino had got the penalty, missed it, and then Rateau come up the other end and score points, you could say, yeah, maybe that was, they bottled it then. They scored the penalty, they went three points up, and it was literally the last kick of the game, and there was no, there was no real fault of their own. It's just one of those high balls in. We've all seen them going into the back of yeah. the net. So it's trying 99 times anywhere. again, and it would never go in, you know. That's yeah, just, yeah. that's just it. Um, Are you ready to start a construction project? Here is five reasons why you should choose Buildor. You come first. Your goal is our goal. You'll benefit from our years of experience. You'll have a one-stop shop at your doorstep. Your project will be on time and on budget. Call us today on 046 90 or email us at info at Builder, your local go-to construction company. Peter, uh, Peter's Paints uh, said, what did O'Farry have to do before he got Kate? Um, he, he was lucky to avoid a black card in the first half when he got a yellow card. I think he, he hit Fionn Riley with a shoulder um, and he got a yellow for it. And to me, that was more of a black card than the black card that Gavin McGowan got for a tote about 10 minutes before that. Because that looked like a yellow card. It was like a... It was like a push in the back or shoulder in the back. So, um, I don't know. Kieran O'Farry is one of the most experienced players. Another player, another man we'll hear from, obviously, on our Loyal Royals podcast next week. But uh, he's one of the most experienced players. For that, he probably deserved to get a black card instead of a yellow. But that's not his, that's not his dude. You know, it's, uh, yeah. it's, it's up to the referee's interpretation. And this is, I suppose, it. Everybody has different opinions. You know, it's all about interpretation and what the referee sees in his eyes, I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Jamie Flatterty says, why would Shane Crosby have a gripe with Davy Rispin? And I'll, I'll explain this. So <laughs> Jamie Flatterty sent, uh, put up an Instagram today. He was watching the junior final at home on Media TV. And he says, joining the final, had a picture of the television 
great commentary or whatever, you know. And uh, Shane Crosby then sends me like a message on Instagram, a private message. And he was like, how did you get in here? Like, are you up at the flats or something like this? And uh, I was like, geez, what, what do you mean? And he, he thought that it was actually Jamie Flaherty who was at the game. But it was me, if you get me. And he sent the message to me, but it was meant for Jamie Flaherty. And uh, that's why, and I was like to Shane Crosby, I was like, oh, well, I was just doing it. And he was like, no, no, sorry, ignore that. He says, all over the shop today. So there's no gripe with the two of us, I can confirm. And that's why Jamie's wondering about it. Well, we're, we're, I, I can tell you, we're all delighted. And the Garda Station and Navin are delighted that there's no gripe between the two of you because they weren't looking forward to trying to separate just. Yeah, Oshin Walsh says Kells were robbed. Don't care what anyone says. Yeah, look. Well, then there's no point in us saying anything because he doesn't care what we say. <laughs> <laughs> Brendan Burns says Guardiola to get the freedom of Palnebracky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's obviously all about Gordy McDonald, and uh, yeah, he'll get the freedom of. Uh, he'll be allowed to. He'll be allowed to walk his sheep up and down the streets of Kill- uh, of Palnebracky after this, sir. That's for sure. Yeah, what a man. What a job he's done as well, by the way. Uh, Mark Kavna, um, corner forward for Ballabrack. He says, Nicky Judge's knees didn't make it. And uh, of course, unfortunately for Nicky Judge, he did have to be withdrawn in the first 15 minutes of the game. I believe he picked up an injury last Sunday at training. Said, he said it was grand during the week, but first run he made, obviously you can't prepare yourself for running after Aaron Lynch. And yeah. uh, the first run he made, unfortunately, he felt something go and... Uh, Unfortunately, he had to be withdrawn, but he had the consolation of, I suppose, going up and picking up the Matthew McDonald after. So, not a bad day all round for Nicky Judge and the yeah, knees. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. Yeah, just disappointed that the knees had to come off with him. You know, he was injured, his knees were fine, um, and they'll be more disappointed that they had to go off the field. But you did manage to catch up with both of his knees afterwards and get that interview. So, uh, anyone who wants to listen to it, head on over to Patreon forward slash VRMe. Yeah, another one that, that isn't going to be popular, but we're kind of, na- I suppose we're naming and shaming because they've sent them in, so we're putting a face to the to the <laughs> question or yeah. the Instagram question. Craig DJ Manning says, Kells and Trim, top bottlers. Yeah, oh. Uh, look, I, I think it's too soon, too soon. Um, it's, that's but it's, saying, it's, you know. it's not true, Mickey. Like, it's, yeah. you, know, you know, like that's, that's and it, Trim is the exact same. And the other one, sorry, came in from Michael Tierney says, Trim choking hard again. And I don't, I think last year they didn't show up for the performance, right? Or on the day of the final against Nobber. This year they actually showed up. And that's what probably makes it all the harder for them. They showed up and they played well and they just didn't win. Um, But maybe that's easier to accept sometimes when you do play well and you can say, well, at least we showed up, we played well, we weren't good enough. So be it, we move on, you know? Yeah, look, Trim Trim will be hurting a lot down to that final attack. And, you know... They, they had so many options that to, uh, and chances in that final attack, three chances that, uh, you know, they will be really gutted over that. Sort of yeah, Andy Smith, uh, who was, of course, on duty for the junior final this weekend. Well done to Andy on a job well done. He said, heart goes out to Kells, but congratulations to Ratoth. Never give up. Brilliant intermediate final as well. And uh, you'd have to agree with Andy on those uh, statements, Mick. Yeah, 100%. And uh, well done to Andy on his uh, officiating on the Junior Championship final. And, uh, you know, he's right. Two classics, two absolute classics in the intermediate and senior. Yeah. Uh, Darren Hawthorne, it's become a trademark, I suppose, of the podcast over the last few few weeks. He says, Danny Quinn, 27 pints of stout in the last 12 hours. And I'd well believe it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, he's, he's, look, 
he doesn't have to look at look forward to uh, Leinster uh, club championship in the next oh. few weeks. So he doesn't. So you know he's allowed to go on the beer now until maybe January. So he is, and then he's going to have to get back on uh, the straight and narrow. See Howley says congratulations to Beliver winning the junior championship. Beliver Abu. Yeah, no, you know, absolutely. And uh, it was, you know, you can't take anything away from Beliver. They've been the best team in that junior championship this year and they've proven that and, you know, made it push on and do the same in intermediate. Uh, S. Kearney <laughs> says Mickey Kearney, and that is, of course, Michael Kearney, uh, player for Balnebracky cornerback, who had an eventful day, but uh, just I suppose giving him credit for I suppose his performance and uh, part he played in the in the overall win for the Brax. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, again, you caught up with Mickey Carney after that, uh, Michael Carney after that uh, mm-hmm. intermediate final, and you'd be able to hear the interview over there on our Loyal Royals podcast on Patreon forward slash We Army. Uh, Cormac O'Reilly says Joey Wallace. That's all he said. That all. Well, yeah. it's a talking point, which I suppose, yeah. <laughs> well, look, you know, um, yeah, you know, uh, we spoke about this before and we spoke about it off air. We said that we couldn't see Ruth Holt, and a few people have said they couldn't see Ruth Holt winning a senior championship without the Wallaces or without Joey Wallace, and uh, they wouldn't have won that game today without Joey Wallace. Like, Brian McMahon was excellent mm. um, and played a captain's role, but without Joey Wallace, who was man the match again, like, you know... Um, they wouldn't have they wouldn't have won that game. Yeah, absolutely. And the history books are going to show 2019-2020 retort man of the match Joey, Joey Wallace, Wallace. Joey Wallace. And all will be forgotten. Yeah, Ronan as in, Thompson. <laughs> as in the last the last eight months will be forgotten. You know, <laughs> it's he'll be remembered and retort will be remembered for their win and the man of the match performance. Exactly. Ronan Thompson says, Wallace sliding around the pitch on his knees after a fluky goal. I don't know about that. <laughs> oh, well, no, I don't see anything wrong with it. It, it no. was the, it, the reason why he's sliding around on his knees is because the magnitude of that goal. It was huge. They knew they'd won the championship at that stage. Like, and, yeah. You know, even if he, if, if he rolled on the ground and he hit it with his arse and it went into the net, I'd be getting up to run and do a, a hunker slide along the ground like that. Like, he, he probably deserved it. He knew it was the winning of the game. Yeah, sure. Um, adopted Gail Colum Kill supporter Molly Fitzgerald says, a shit show. <laughs> I know, seriously, seriously, Molly, don't sit in the bed. Tell us what you really feel. <laughs> uh, Sean Doyle says, McAtee at the Dunshockland game, surely he had to see Mitchell's 110. Wow. Um, so Mitchell scored 110 in, in, in their relegation playoff against Nobber. Scoring 110 of their 219. That's uh, exceptional goal. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. He was superb. Um, and, you know, he was a meet under 20 this year. And to me, he looks like he has all the hallmarks to go on and be a meet senior footballer. And if Andy was there and he was watching it, I'm sure he could only agree and be impressed by his performance. He was brilliant. Um, as was, I should say, Matt Costello as well, who's already in there, and Jordy Morris for Nobber. They're two of the younger players who are part of the panel already, but they were superb, you know. So all three of them young lads played really, really well, which is a great sign. Um, next one is from Connor Joyce, and he says, Retoat the better team in the second half. Very hard for Kells, but Retoat kept going right to the bitter end. Can't argue with that. Yeah, well, you can't. And, and, and Kells went to the very end as well. They went, they kept going to the very end. And as you said, thought they had timed their run perfectly and got the three points, got the goal, the, the big score. Um, I was looking at it thinking a goal would be a massive score 
for either team and that it would be the winning of the game. Held to get the goal, but look, credit to Ratholt. They never give up. They got that point through Brian Farrell and then they got the goal through Joey Wallace. Yeah. Nicky, or sorry, Kevin Sword says, Nicky Judge's knees dance until six o'clock this morning. <laughs> Great to see. Nick, Nicky Judge was asleep, but his knees kept on dancing. <laughs> Very good. Uh, Darren McGill just says, Cream comes to the top, and he has the two eyes in as well. Yeah, um, of course, that, Darren McGill being a retote man, and, and, and congratulations, and I'm sure there'll be great celebrations down there at the clubhouse tonight. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, big celebrations there. Obviously, socially distanced as well. We, we must add Mickey as well. Um, yeah. Going on to the next one. Sorry, just after losing my train of thought. Uh, Lisa Moore says, Summerhill's junior goalkeeper. Don't know if you've seen this. A1 for weather preparation Well, he's in raincoat. Have you seen this? Yeah, yeah. It was against Simonstown's uh, junior C team in a relegation playoff. Uh, I think it was in Summerhill as well. Mm. And uh, yeah, he has the jacket on, he has the wellies on, and a nice little kick pass that has to be said with the left foot in the wellies out to the defender. Now, they did take a bit of a beating, I think it was 5 9 to, to a goal, that goal coming in the first half for them. And uh, uh, like, while, 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 while he did well in that little clip we have, I think the wellies may have hampered him a little bit when he's <laughs> trying to save the other five goals. Yeah, and if people want to see that, go over to Robert Cox Extra Time Sport to have a look at that video. It's it's really well worth the watch. It's quality, <laughs> really good stuff. Um, uh, Molly Fitzgerald is another one, and she says, if only Kells could get Davy Rispin on the transfer, it would be all G. I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, you don't need a transfer to manage, do you? Or anything like that, do you? <laughs> <laughs> no, I says there'll be some men to Malibu and milk dished out, and there probably will be anyway uh, over the next couple of days. It's a nice remedy for a depression session. So um, I might even pop into Kells, you know, in the next day or two and, and just drop in a couple of litres of milk in case they're running and shy. <laughs> <laughs> oh lord <laughs> uh, Tom O'Connor says big fan of Jack Flynn in with the Mead seniors question mark yeah like he's he is Ivan Drago he's Ivan Drago's love child to be honest which he's 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 an absolute animal of a young fella but you have to remember I think he's only 19 is he you know so we do have to be a little bit careful with the young players but for me he looks as if he has all the hallmarks of being a top senior footballer Um Probably didn't have his best of games. Like, he was our last PRC player of the week. But obviously, Kells, you know, had him earmarked. So, he was never going to get the same freedom as he did in the semi-final. But he was still a force. Kicked an excellent point in the first half to top player. Yeah, it's, I was just going to say that. Like, he mightn't have had the same effect as he did the last day in the semi-final. But he was still he was still a good performer on the day. Um, and as you said, kicked that wonder point in the first half. Like, um, yeah, no, he's, he's, he's definitely one for the future and one to watch. Uh, Owen Griffin, another one of the Clan of Gale players coming out of the woodwork in recent days. Good to see you're all right, Owen. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he said, that must, that must have been a big rock they were all under. <laughs> oh, yeah, massive. <laughs> I actually I, I got a forklift to put the rock on them for a few weeks. <laughs> he said, Rispin still on a horn over the two outside of the boot points in the intermediate final. Oh, Jesus Christ. I can't actually tell you how good these were, Mickey. Like, they were absolutely outrageous. So, Lidgey in the first half off the outside of his left boot, uh, down into the town end. It was just, oh, it was ridiculous. And then, like, literally about two minutes later, Juicy O'Connor goes forward and 
jinx inside one and hits one with the outside of his right down the far side. There were two of the best scores, two absolute exquisite scores. Um, best scores of the weekend for me, anywhere. Excellent, excellent. Well, I'm sure that they will be. Uh, I think the Mead uh, TV do a, 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 a score of the week, isn't it? So, um, or sorry, no, it's not. It's uh, the Mead GA TV do a score of the week. So I'm sure they'll be up on that uh, competition. Yeah, uh, I'm sure they will. Uh, James Trainer says, wouldn't let a masterclass of a halftime show happen in Park Talton on Saturday. James is, of course, uh, part of the Dunshockland panel but unfortunately wasn't yeah. allowed onto the pitch uh, due to them probably going to tear the pitch up for uh, I know look at the pitch was in excellent condition yesterday in particular and even today with all the rain that teamed down um, not happy about it, this it, it is something yeah look at it is something that you don't see Navin unfortunately don't let the subs out at half time to yeah, kick around I, and warm up and some of the best scores I've ever kicked have been at halftime shows <laughs> um, so they have like you, 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 you watch you watch the American football don't you yeah, no, biggest, no, no, no. Or you don't, but a lot of lads watch the American football, and the biggest part of the Super Bowl is the halftime show. And I have been part of the halftime show of many a Gaelic game. In fact, in fact, I'm going to tell you about one of them. I'm going to tell you about one of them. Of course, when yeah. We were, when we were playing in the Leinster, when we were playing in the Leinster Championship against um, uh, St. Lomans down in, in Mullingar a couple of years ago, halftime show was put on, ball came out. Volley from about 40 yards, soccer style, into the top corner, Davy, And, you know, and the crowd actually applauded. So they did. You know, and, and when, when players aren't allowed to go out and do the halftime show, I just think that they're taken away from the supporters and from the money that they've paid in to see these games. Yeah. Porrick uh, McKeever said, Ballinlock Miner's still sulking. Jesus. It's about two weeks later, lads. Come on. Yeah, look, again, look, Ballinock, the second minor final um, in a row. Uh, first time in the club's history they've done that. Great achievement for them. Disappointing that they didn't win it. And, uh, you know, they'll come back stronger next year. Colin McAreevy says, great final in terrible conditions. And do you remember Colin's question or point last week, Mick, about the terrace? Yeah, yeah. He, he was actually on the terrace today watching the final. Yeah, he must have hopped across the gate up there beside the hospital, I'd say. Uh, actually, fair, play, have, fair play to his commitment for it because it was like one of the wettest days ever. He says open the gates. They didn't open the gates. They didn't stop Colin. He was still there. And yeah. uh, I'm sure he enjoyed it. He had a rope ladder or something to hop across because he wouldn't have climbed across that gate. He wouldn't be the tallest of men. So I think he had a rope ladder or something or someone threw him across. But yeah, no, Colin, look, he's a modern man, but he loves his football. And yeah. uh, he's dead right. Absolutely. We were served up an amazing game of football considering the conditions. Yeah, this, this is one of my favourite ones and I'll explain the story behind it. Uh, it's from Liam Riley and he said, hearing McEntee screaming at Stephen when Mitchell blazed it over yesterday. So, as you know, Mickey, I did commentary on Mixalore for the Dunchocklin and Knobber game in the relegation and Larry McEntee was, he was up on the, the, the scaffold with me on the terrace, but he was, he was just recording the game for Knobber's own use or whatever. But I was getting him to come in and give me a couple of comments, you know, when, when there was a stoppage or whatever. But uh, there, was, there was a door between us and everything. So Luke Mitchell blazed a ball over the bar. Well, this is where it all came. So the umpire waved it wide, right? Um, and Stephen Dawson, who was the linesman under us, so along the, along the line, along the terrace side, called the referee over and he says, I think that's a point. And so the referee goes over. Who was, I think it was... Uh, 
it was David Goff, actually. Um, so it was a very experienced referee. And basically, the point was given. And, you know, I'm there away commentating. The next thing, all I hear is Larry shouting at him. It wasn't just, he didn't just shout Stephen. He, I won't say what he said, but it was absolutely <laughs> priceless. And I didn't think it was picked up until I got back into the car after the game. One of the lads from my old club texted me and he says, Larry McAtee was brilliant. I said, that didn't come true, did it? He says, yeah, clear as day. So if people want to go back and our mix to Laura and pick it up, it's, it's well worth a listen. But it just shows the passion, I suppose, that Larry McAtee has uh, about novel football, which is understandable. Absolutely. Well, we might even pull out the audio from that and, yeah, uh, and, yeah, and, and, and clip it out. Yeah, that's what we'll do. We'll do that in next week's podcast. We'll throw it in. Every so often, we just throw it in for the middle of the, of the podcast. <laughs> yeah. 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 Great, great stuff. Uh, Robert Perfield says, and Pat Stain Inter. Yeah, we you know we've we've spoken about that as well, and St. Pat saved their best to last. Basically, I don't think they put up two level in any two eleven in any game this year, um, and we didn't know where the scores were going to come from. They got them, and uh, they cement themselves as an intermediate team for next year. And as you said already, that could be the you know the the bottom of the trough, and they have to go and back back and peak uh, and start making their way up to the peak of that wave, and and, and find themselves back at the top end of intermediate and maybe back in senior counting to couple of meet. Yeah, absolutely, Mickey. Uh, next one comes in from Owen Frayne, who says, Gav McVan missing junior C relegation game, too busy eating donuts with the bird. Yeah, and and, 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 and then you see that one of the, the, the yeah. members of the club has to go and go in his jacket and his wellies, and he's off eating donuts with the woman. Not good enough. Definitely not good enough. They're going to be a junior D camp side now next year because of that yeah uh, uh, Sean Thornton says we're totes not celebrating after receiving the cup show, shows how much it meant to them mm, I don't know about that they did celebrate yeah um, I've seen I, I've seen them, the pictures of them all together in a group uh, jumping around and then the photo of them all on the ground with the Keaton Cup so um, yeah um, or, or maybe they were just showing a bit of humility and uh, knowing that you know, it wouldn't be a nice way to lose a final um, that they were maybe shown to the Kells lads that it was, you know, it was one of those days that they got lucky. Yeah. Fear Ross, uh, Emmett Boyle nearly decapitated a Kells fiend. God. <laughs> <laughs> it was, uh, it was, it, it was a, it was a serious challenge now, in fairness. And, you know, hopefully yeah. Colonel Courtney is all right after it, um, because I know he did look quite shaken. Uh, and he had a brilliant game as well. Did Colin Corbin? Yeah, I think I, I think it did. I think it did knock him out. I think he was going full blooded for the tackle, and and, and Courtney turned a, a little bit, and he it, it, he just kept going. He wasn't going to stop, and he did catch him on the chin with the shoulder. Um, you know, it was a it was a reckless challenge, and but I don't think there was any maliciousness in it. Okay, Pod staff are coming in with uh, one which is uh, very passionate, very infuriating. I, I can actually feel his anger by reading this, but he says that joke of an officiating that went on today, Kells were absolutely robbed, disgrace, Keegan belongs in North Mead. Tell us what you really think, Podge. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm, do you know what? I, I'm going to have to watch the game back again because so I've funny, had a... Yeah. I've had a few people saying to me that you know that that the that, that Ratoth were were um, rough and that the referee didn't play not that he played with them but he didn't give 
freeze the Kells and stuff. So I just want to see if, like we've talked about that final couple of minutes and the ball into the square. There's no foul, there's no nothing there and the ball ends up in the net and it's a flick from Joey Wallace. So I don't know. Um, I'll have to watch the game back again to see if I can see what they're on about with the referee's decision. Yeah, absolutely. Roisin Flynn was the next one and she said Ratolt were the better team. Mm, I don't know. I don't know about that. I think Kells just nicked it um, on, we'll say, if you were given a percentage, it was probably 51-49 in favour of Kells, I thought. But again, Ratolt shown uh, their credentials being the champions that they are, they were never going to give up and, you know, they got the ball into the net. It's, I, I, I probably wouldn't agree that uh, that Ratholt were, were the better team. I think Kells shaded that just a little bit. Yeah, arguably, yeah. And if you could push it out and say maybe a draw would have been the fair result, but I don't yeah, think yeah. to comprehensively say that Ratholt were the better team. But uh, George Douglas just said Trim robbed. Well, I don't know. Again, you were at this game, but I don't know from from, from listening to uh, your, your account of the game. I don't know whether they were robbed. Mm. I think you know they they were the orchestrators of their own downfall at the end, um, having the chance to knock the ball over the bar, go for the goal, the goal for the goal saved, then Aaron Lynch hitting the post, and then the keeper making another save, and then it's cleared off the line. I think you know Ballinabracky just were showing their their strength there, but I don't. I, do you think that they were robbed by the referee or anything in decisions or anything like that? No, no, I don't think so. Uh, I, I thought they were unlucky, like you say, Mickey, you know, particularly with the, in the dying embers of the game. But they, they, they had opportunities to kill the game off even before that, really. And, um, you know, they had a numerical advantage and they just didn't make best use of it. And I think in, in one sense, you have to you have to just applaud Balnebracki for, I suppose, their, the character they showed and, and the spirit and belief just to play on and, and nick that game right at the end. I think a draw probably would have been about right. But, you know, you could have said that for the senior game as well. And it's not always the case, unfortunately. So, um, two absolutely sensational games, though. We can't uh, we can't detract from those. Yeah, football is a funny old game. Uh, there was one from PS Tapes, which I'm trying to dig out. Bear with me, Mickey. No worries. He said, who, who feels worse this evening, Kells fans or Manchester United fans? Um, I'd say Kells fans. Yeah, I'd definitely say Kells fans because you know uh, Man United fans, they they get an opportunity to feel bad again. Um, so they do when United go out and lose the next time. And I'm a United supporter by the way. Um, but uh, I'd say Kells fans are are really feeling it tonight. Um, gutted I'd say, and and just in the manner in which the game was lost, that that fifty fifty ball. I've said it again. Um, uh, it could have went anywhere and had it ricocheted and gone out for a 45 Kells are the champions because I don't think Rathout would have been able to get a goal then but it's a, as I said it's a funny old game it's a cruel game Gaelic football It sure is Mickey and dare I say it that is all the Instagrams we currently have in so we'll, we'll stop wow. it there Yeah absolutely uh, again that was, that was intense Um uh, really was and you know, there's a lot of there was a lot of uh, uh, a lot of shots fired there as well uh, from different people. It'd be interesting to find out where those different people were from. Um, so it would because it's probably a little bit of needling going on between different clubs and whatever. But to look, it's all part of the banter. It is the day of Beliver and uh, Ratholt. Uh, yesterday was Balnebracky's day. 
We're told are the senior champions for 2020. Belivera are the chocolate terror junior champions for 2020. And of course, Banner Bracky got overtrimmed by a single solitary point in the Meat Potato Company Intermediate Championship final yesterday. It's been an absolutely magnificent weekend of Gaelic football in Mead, the, the pinnacle of the, the club year in Mead. And, and, and we were served up some absolutely amazing football. Hard luck to Kells, hard luck to Trim, and hard luck to St. Vincent's. All those teams will go again. There's no doubt about that. And uh, we wish them the very best. But for today, it is with Hope, Balnebracki and Beliver that we'll be celebrating. Remember, we are Mead. Why? It matters more.